Here we go. So welcome back to the Unconventional Money Moves podcast. I got my boy Connor, the duck man, with us today. And Connor comes on because uh, we met a couple years ago. I think Connor like found me on Instagram somehow and we started chatting. And uh, he's been taking a very unconventional route in terms of growing a business, which is uh, duck hunting. I, I don't know exactly what Connor does. He does a little bit of everything. I see his videos. He's doing duck calls. And... Um, He's created a successful business, so I'm happy for him to share what that journey's been like in terms of basically what you took a took a hobby and turned it into a full time business. Is that what it ended up happening? Yeah. Well, first off, uh, thanks, Josh, for for even having me on. I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, and uh, hopefully, if nothing else, somebody can can benefit, you know, or learn one or two things today. Um, unconventional is definitely a very good way to describe what we do um, but if you look around in, in the world I think that uh, the sooner you recognize that uh, people that are successful are all successful for different reasons uh, you know the sooner that you're going to find your own success um, I think that there's a lot of uh, people out there that you know they look at different different people's success and try and copy it and, and a lot of times uh you you fall short because you're trying to be somebody that you're not so i definitely was able to find something i was passionate about and and surround myself with other people that are like-minded and and kind of have uh, the same goals and it's actually worked out pretty well so to answer your question and kind of bounce off of what you were saying as far as what we do i actually started a, a guiding and outfitting service uh, so we start in, in Michigan for part of the year. We guide turkey hunters in the spring, and, and it's really spun off into becoming so much more than just providing hunts for people. It's the entire experience. So we do lodging and meals and, and have a, a chef that comes in and cooks for us, and and, and really we're catering to, to everybody from the moment that they arrive from the airport or, heck, we'll even pick you up from the airport. <laughs> um, but it, it's really become an entire uh, big process. It's not just something simple. Like it looks like, Oh, we're just going hunting or whatever. There's actually a lot more to it, to the picture. Um, but that's, that's where it doesn't really matter what service you provide. Um, you're, you're providing the service to make it easier on somebody else. And that's, that's how the business works. So we do the turkey hunts in the spring. And then we do uh, waterfowl hunts, like you mentioned, um, ducks and geese and stuff like that in the fall and winter months. And the toughest part about, you know, starting a business is, is actually keeping, especially a seasonal one like that is keeping cash flow year round. Um, Cause obviously, you know, the couple months that we're busy, you know, Turkey season's only the end of April, uh, all of May and a week into June. And then obviously bird hunting, you know, we start September, October uh, and, and season goes till February, but things kind of slow down through the winter sometimes. So um, you have to, you know, come up with some other streams of income. Um, Oops, somebody's trying to call me. I'll have to put them to voicemail. Yeah, tell them you're on a podcast. Sorry. Yeah, no doubt. Sorry, can you hear me okay? Yeah, all good. Okay, just want to make sure it didn't cut out. So um, that's where, uh, you know, running into those little bumps and hiccups in the road and, and learning how to traverse them and come out on top. Because there's times you get hit in the mouth and get knocked down a little bit uh, huh, running a business, that's for sure, especially in the startup years. Um, and, and with the economy and situations that we have with everything costing what it does, um, I think a lot of people use it 
and look at it as an excuse. And it's like, if you, if you're trying to get sympathy for stuff, uh, that's time that you should be spending, you know, trying to row your boat a little bit harder and then you come out on top. So definitely has been a, a interesting thing and a lot, a lot of learning. So, um, I've always enjoyed obviously following along, like you mentioned to your own social media stuff and, 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 you know, everybody's different ways. Obviously your, your business is, is much different than mine and that's totally okay. So it's, it's always good, you know, to pick up on a few things here or there. So that's probably a good little intro. If you got anything else uh, you want to kind of rock and roll with, uh, we'll keep rolling. No, that was perfect. I mean, in terms of like getting this business off the ground, like, was it just like, basically like, did you have someone be like, Hey, Connor, like, I want you to take me out hunting. Like, what does it cost? And you're just like, Oh, like, you know, just pay for the supplies. Like, how did you make that adjustment to turn it from some like something like just getting started to turning into something that's actually like profitable? Yeah. Uh, so that, that was obviously the the biggest hurdle of all probably. And, and honestly, like I said, I didn't even really recognize uh, the need or demand for, for the services that we provide now uh, until I was exposed to it. Uh, you know, whether it be other, other people and other outfits across the country that I was able to work with, um, or even, you know, close to home here, my mom kept telling me, she's like, you know, you have a lot of people that are taking advantage of, of something you're good at, you know, and, and it's costing you a lot of money. You should look into doing something about it. Um, so I would say, uh, you know, I was probably, you know, 18 or 19 at the time, just, just into college and, um, still again, trying to find my way and who, who isn't still trying to find their way. Even, you know, even when you're established, there's always things that change. Um, but I started out uh, a lot of, of work with uh, like disabled and, and wounded veteran organizations, I guess, uh, like Waterfallers for Warriors and, and uh, Operation Injured Soldier, and then like taking a lot of youth out. And we still do both uh, of those things. We, we take a lot of veterans and active duty and first responders and that sort of thing with the business now. And then obviously it's important to give back to the kids. But the roundabout answer is that's kind of where I started was, was working with groups like that. And then <clears throat> as we spun off into just taking buddies and then taking all the veterans and, and the kids, we're like, OK, how can we do this on a bigger scale? Uh, because at the end of the day, it does still cost a lot of money. <clears throat> so we were trying to figure out, you know, where does that money come from? So now at this point, we're able to take a lot of outdoorsmen and sportsmen from across the country um, and then, you know, we still are able to either fit in a lot of veterans into those groups or, you know, have set days that we're able to still take out entire groups of those guys and still give back because ultimately that's why I started doing what I'm doing is to be able to give back to, to not only the veterans, but also there's nothing better than, uh, sh you know, sharing that experience with a kid that's never done it before. Uh, and even heck, even adults that have never done it before, you know, you're able to show them something and, and teach them things, you know, you, you see their eyes light up and you're like, okay, we know we did something right here. Totally. And I mean, when it comes to that experience, like, what does that look like when someone signs up with you to take them on this, uh, exploration, expo exploration, of, sure. Uh, everything. And it seems like you got a little bit of white glove service there. You'll pick someone up from the airport and give them the whole, the whole experience. Yeah. So obviously, like I mentioned, uh, there's, there's a need or a service, um, you know, for, for a lot of different things. And so throughout the years of kind of refining what we do, um, we've, we've definitely been able to recognize that, 
there's some people that might not want that white glove service. You know, they might be working on a little bit tighter budget or that's just not their style. Um, so we have, you know, more affordable options for say more of the, the blue collar guy. And um, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, you know, we still, you know, provide them the same attention that they deserve for, for everything that they're, they're looking for. Uh, and then obviously all the way up to more so a lot of corporate groups, uh, you know, lawyers, doctors, uh, other businessmen and stuff like that. Um, because the lodge is actually a really good place for, for people to either, you know, say thanks for people doing business together or, you know, other networking opportunities. Uh, you know, it, it's hard to be upset when you're in a, a setting like that. So it works out very well uh, that we're able to host people like that. So that's where more of that, like you said, white glove services. I always joke with people when they call the book something like that. I'm like, you know, we'll pretty much do everything from the time you walk in the, the lodge, everything but tie your shoes. And if you want your shoes tied too, <laughs> you know, I'm sure we can we can make that happen. But, you know, it, it's just kind of a, a good uh, lightning thing to say because it really is pretty, pretty luxurious. But um, it, it's a cool thing to be able to provide all those services for people uh, because they're always so grateful to, to experience it. So. Mm -hmm. So like, what's like starting the business? What was like step one for you? What was like that first like mistake that you made that you're like, we got to fix this in order to keep things rolling? What was that first hurdle look like? Um, I, I mean, I think the first big hurdle is, is just recognizing, uh, the expense involved. Uh, you know, I mean, between the, the miles that we're driving for fuel and wear and tear on vehicles and purchasing equipment. And then, uh, we actually do a lot of work with other private property landowners, you know, farmers, uh, and, and stuff of that sort, uh, you know, recognizing how expensive it is and how to fund that was, was the first hurdle. And, and now that I've, I've been in business a couple of years, like the sooner you're able to, to recognize and diagnose those problems and, and come up with a solution so that you aren't digging yourself in a hole, um, you know, the faster you're going to be back on the upside uh, so that you aren't, you know, down in the Valley for too long. Um, so, so that was definitely the, the first big hurdle. And so that's where, you know, saying, okay, well now we need to figure out, who's going to come in and pay for these services so that, you know, we're not just doing it for free basically, or, or going into the negative uh, more than anything. <laughs> um, so, so that kind of started the ball turning and then it's like, okay, well, how do we actually legitimately do this? Because there's, there are from a proportionate standpoint, there's a lot more people that kind of just fly by the seat of their pants and guiding and outfitting. Um, you know, they might not have, you know, an actual LLC or company, uh, probably operating without liability insurance and, you know, not doing tax stuff and, you know, all the fun stuff of business that's necessary if you're going to actually be a player for more than a year or two. Well, really at all. I mean, it's not, it's really not okay to, to cut corners at all, but, but that's, that's where it got the ball turning or like, okay, well, how does this process look? So we started the LLC. We, you know, actually one of my clients or customers um specialized in liability insurance so that that happened to work out and and that kind of can lead off in another thing maybe later we can talk about with connections um but uh you know getting the the liability insurance and uh the business stuff and then you're meeting with business bankers and you know it's just there's there's so many steps and layers to business that you know they don't really tell you about i mean i went to college but i didn't study business i got a degree in biology so that uh, obviously was not real helpful in, in this whole process. Um, but, uh, you know, you surround yourself with other like-minded people and the people that want to see you succeed uh, have zero issue 
with helping out they're not going to do it for you you know and and i don't i'm not saying that that i wanted somebody to do it for me that's not at all it Uh, but they're going to say hey you know these are the things that i did to be successful and and these are a few steps you're going to want to take because or the internet's a great resource too i mean there's there's plenty of, of great resources out there so that you're you know crossing your t's and dotting your i's and uh you know always taking steps forward so that's where i think people see like the the success of a business or or whatever and you know it doesn't necessarily show uh that a b c d e f g you know you're seeing the the z where you got to but you're not seeing that the, all the bumps and hiccups in the road that it took to get there yeah totally i mean when i started out i had no idea what i was doing and i quickly learned you could be the best at something Mm-hmm. However, if no one knows how to find you, right. then it's pretty much worthless. So you could have all the skills in the world. However, if you don't know how to find people to attract to your business, you're basically a nobody. Yeah. <laughs> or a nobody. So, I mean, yeah. like, how did you start the business? Was it just like money you saved? I know you said mentioned business bankers. Did you get a business loan? Did you throw it on credit cards like some people do? Um, no. So fortunately, um, I, I didn't have to take any like major loans or anything out as far as that goes. Um, and, and that's a, a, another good uh, conversation for this is um, trying to leverage, you know, going into debt and uh, taking loans out and that sort of thing versus, like you said, saving some money or whatever. Because um, like the business stuff and money, it's almost a game like you, you kind of have to learn what the banks want to see, uh, because if you don't, you know, if you don't have enough money coming in or, or, you know, like a lot of businesses, especially hide a lot of cash, you know, they don't actually know what's going on with your business. They're going to be very lenient, uh, to, to give you any money to, to actually work with. Even if, you know, you can be like, Hey, look, like this is all the cash I've got. They don't really care. (laughs) So, um, starting things out, I mean, I'd obviously been doing the, the hunting and, and stuff like that with the kids and and veterans and whatnot for a long time. So I did already have a good chunk of equipment set aside to get things rolling. Um, now that being said, I mean, I mean, I guess we're three, four years into actual legitimate business now, you know, we've come a very long way with the equipment that we've accumulated. Um, but it's kind of just been, uh, you know, as seasons roll on and we are able to make more money, you know, I, I just reinvest that money back into buying more equipment and, and new, new toys for, for work stuff because, it's a it's a hard line of works. I mean, you kind of have to keep phasing old equipment out, new equipment in, and, and keep that rotation so that um, a everything is safe, uh, and, and b it also it looks good when your customers come in because you don't want them coming into a big clapped out rig where they're like, what did we just sign up for, you know? And that's where the people that are cutting corners and price shopping and and you know they're going with the the cheapest service you know they i hate to say you have to expect that but that's kind of what you're signing up for so you know by by charging a premium we have to provide a premium service or else people aren't going to be real tickled so um so so just getting things going i mean like i said we started out with with what we could afford and and the best that we could get at that time and i'm not saying that because we had like any garbage equipment by any means but definitely you know you you have to do the best uh, best you can with what you got at the time and and now fortunately i mean i can say you know we really do try to to purchase the the best stuff that we can because it really does reflect on your reputation so not only does it uh help help make you successful in the field but it also looks good on on paper too 
Yeah. And when you were taking people out on these first expeditions, did you already have it planned out? Were you kind of just like winging it? Like, what was that like? Was it, were you nervous? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many factors to, to guiding and outfitting, um, especially, you know, as a, a younger adult, uh, it can be super, super overwhelming if you aren't real familiar with the process. Um, and, and it's not that you aren't confident in your abilities, but there's just a lot of factors that are out of your control. Um, so just with waterfowl hunting, ducks and geese, especially, I mean, they migrate thousands and thousands of miles, right? So they might be here one day and then, you know, you could have somebody set up to go hunt the next day. And then all of a sudden you have a 20 mile an hour North wind and everything's like, yep, we're heading to Mexico now, <laughs> you know, and, and you go and sit out there in the cold the next morning and, and don't see anything. And you're like, well, they were here yesterday. But at the end of the day, you can't control that. So, so that's where there's, there's always going to be factors with that and weather and, and things that you can't control. Um, but, you know, the more that you do it, the repetition and time that you put in, uh, you learn to kind of address those things and, and find where, you know, there's a, a better opportunity that they're, they're or less of a likely to leave. Um, but, but getting going and, and setting things up, uh, you know, like you said earlier, you know, you had to find people that want to go first um, and then starting the business, you had to find people that actually want to pay for the service. And so that's where like actually looking legitimate and being legitimate is is critical um, because if if you don't look good and, and you aren't able to communicate uh, the services you provide in, a, in an effective manner, you know, people are going to see right through that. Um, so so definitely getting going. Um, you, you don't have like the word of mouth advertising of years and years of services provided to, to be a good advertising for you. So you have to go out and get it yourself. Um, so, so starting out, you know, we, we did a, a lot of work, obviously, like I said, with those uh, veteran organizations, you know, you'd have scheduled days that they were planning to be there so they could, you know, they could find the people that are you know going to be coming with their groups. Um, and then, you know, we'd plan to have them out and provide the services for them. Um, and then obviously, you know, we started out running a lot smaller groups of people because that's all we could get to go. Um, but it's hard to cover expense that way, obviously, but it's good exposure and it's kind of necessary to, to start scaling the business and, and actually growing. Um, so as that that kind of went on, you know, a couple of people come and hunt with you and pay and they have good experiences. Well, next year they say, hey, we're going to bring back six people instead of two. And then the next year there's 10 people instead of six. And next thing you know, they're like, well, we have 18 people. What do we do? You only hunt with 10 at a time. I'm like, well, we'll just run two groups of people. And so then you hire on more help. And that's kind of where the scaling has gone and has, has really been uh, very beneficial. Um, but obviously, like I was kind of talking about with the legitimacy, um, you know, I used to have to type everything out uh, longhand of dates we had available and um, just a lot of steps and legwork of the the beginning stages of booking. And, and now we're to the phase where, we, you know, we have a, a very, very nice functioning website and the dates are all available there and the pricing's all there and the, you know, discounts for, for veterans and first responders and that sort of stuff is already, you know, available um, so we don't have to worry about um, anything like that. It's like it's it's set in stone. So there's no, you know, arguing or um, any anything left to question um, what's going on. So that's where, you know, people that, like I said, are, are very willing to pay for a service and want to pay for a service. They want to see that it makes them feel uh, reassured um, that that their money's going you know, to a good place because there's so many places that unfortunately take advantage of, of people like that. 
and I mean, even today I had somebody like, Oh, well, we went to Missouri last year and had a terrible experience. Um, and, and so then they're even more leery to, to go again somewhere else because they're like, well, you know, we spent X amount of dollars last year and, you know, they probably should have paid us X amount of dollars for the time that we had <laughs> because the people don't look at it as uh, the customers investing time and energy too. You know, I mean, um, time off and, and travel and, and all those expenses, that's a big deal. Time away from families and, and whatever. Um, it's a very big deal and, and it's supposed to be, a, you know, a getaway and a vacation for them. You know, you don't want them to be stressed out and feel like they got taken advantage of. Yeah, totally. I mean, everyone's been taken advantage of at least once. And if you haven't been taken advantage of, you probably did and didn't even realize it. Yeah, uh, that's right. With that with that being said, though, like, how how have you turned, like, a negative trip? Like, maybe it started off a little rocky and, like, spun it around to, like, change the dynamic a bit. Sure. Well, like, obviously, this is a big, big customer service industry. So, that being said, you're you're dealing with a lot, a lot of different people. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, in the in the fall, we're doing you know ten to thirty hunters a day. In turkey season, we have multiple camps running and lots of people in and out. And then in my off seasons, like I was talking about cash flow type things, you know, I'll go and and work in other states too. You know, you're dealing with people every single day and new people every day. Um, I will one hundred percent say I can normally tell how the course of the morning is going to go when I meet you either at the dock or or at the road when we get when we meet for the morning. Um, some people I don't know what it is like you can just tell by their attitude and then how they shake their hand or their introduction. You're like oh boy, you know you could you could give them the whole wide world you know and and everything that they dreamed of and so much more. And they're still just going to have a crabby attitude the whole time, no matter what. Um, you know, I, I personally can't say that I understand that. Um, and I guess it maybe if I did understand it, uh, I'd be able to diagnose and fix it a little better. Um, but but uh, definitely, uh, you know, some people, it's just like you, you never they're never happy, no matter you know how, how good of a service you provide. And, and we strive to provide the same service every single day. I always say. You know, a lot of our seasons are very long. We work long days and, and people get burnt out easily. Uh, we try to, to not get burnt out and provide the same exact service on day 60 or 90 as we did on day one and provide the same care and attention, you know, to every single person and be just as personable. So that's where I can say like, okay, when you're crabby like that, you know, Mr. Krabby Pants, <laughs> uh, it's not it's not because we did you a disservice. Uh, you know, we always do everything we can and so much more. Um, but sometimes it just doesn't matter. It's an uphill battle the whole time. Um, but that's a very small, small percentage of people. I mean, we're very fortunate to to share lots of great experiences with people in the in the great outdoors. Um, and so that's where, you know, when when we're out hunting or fishing or whatever the case may be it's a, it's a pretty easy environment to have a good time for the most part so like when you're working with these different groups do y'all have like a script where you like will tell the same joke like some trips do or <laughs> is is everything like more organic on your end or just like a combination of both because sometimes like um, i go on these trips and i'm just like i know you've told that joke before Right. <laughs> um, I mean, I would definitely be guilty if I didn't say it was a little bit of a combination of both. Um, obviously, dealing with people or working with people, dealing with sounds terrible. <laughs> uh, working with people every day, 
Um, you know, it is important to, to make the experience about the customer. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong is they just turn the, the script around and they're like, me, 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 me. And you're like, wait a minute. That's not why these people are here. Like they're not here to, to, to be with you. They're here for the experience. So, so that's where the scripted part, I would definitely say is important to, to ask the, you know, where are you from? What do you do? Uh, what are you looking for? Or what do you expect out of this experience? Um, you know, what are, are some things that would, would make it better or things that you wouldn't, wouldn't be happy with or whatever that might be a little bit more scripted. Um, but that's just really understanding the person, because once you understand the person and you, at that point, you kind of know what you're working with, uh, the rest of the conversation flows a lot more naturally. And I guess what I mean by that is, uh, you know, I might have different conversations with a group of 25 to 30 year old guys on a bachelor trip than, you know, the 65 to 80 year old old timers that, you know, this is their, their reunion that they, they do every year, you know, and, um, the only reason I say that is because those people are, are very um, different, I would say, I guess, in maturity level, uh, in, in their hobbies uh, or lifestyles. Um, and that's where you just have to learn to communicate differently. And and those are the things that they don't really teach you in school. You know, that's just the like I said, the repetition and, and being around it um, that you're able to pick up on those things, because if I were to take that group of 65 to 80 year olds and start slang talking and um, joking around, you know, that like I would with guys that are my age, you know, they're not going to be happy. They're probably not going to tip very well and they're more than likely not going to come back. Um, so that's where, you know, the customer service side of things, you just have to learn to, to hold yourself to a high standard to where you can, you know, really communicate and interact uh, and make it very personable. Yeah, and that goes for any business. Yes, you have to yes, learn exactly. how to speak the speak the language of the person that you're interacting with rather than hope they understand the language that you're speaking. And if right. you can master that skill, you can pretty much work with it almost anyone, except those people who are just uh always uh what what was the word you use? Crabby? Yeah, exactly. Um you're you're spot on. And and, and that's the cool thing about the, the customer service industry, like you just said, it doesn't matter what, what line of work you're in that, that is never going to change. Yeah. You always got to like figure out what experience do they want rather than being, being selfish and doing what you want to do. Cause it's not your trip, even though like you enjoy doing it, you got to make sure you're giving them the experience that they're searching for. And whether you're 25 or 65, that experience is going to be a little bit different. And then the one thing I really like that you mentioned, Connor, is uh, they're not going to come back. And right. recurring <laughs> customers is paramount for a company's success. So, I mean, would you say most of your customers are now like recurring customers in your business? Yep. I definitely would say so. Um, a, a lot of it and not even just here, like I was saying, I mean, I feel my, my other months with, with other work across the country doing similar things. Um, a lot of it too, you know, they'll not only hunt with you at your business, but they're also going to go hunt with you, you know, just so they can hunt with you other places or, or fish with you other places. Um, like running the charter boat in Florida, I've had guys, um, that hunted with me in Kansas three or four years ago. They're like, Hey, we're in Florida. Where are you at? You know, and what available, uh, availability do you have? Um, you know, and next thing you know, they're bringing not only themselves, but their whole family too, because they're on a family trip and they're like, 
you know, it feels good that they feel welcome enough that they can bring their wife and their kids and, and, you know, the whole, whole spectrum, uh, you know, on, on experiences like that, because they know that you're going to cater to their exact needs. Um, and, and honestly, you know, the repeat business is huge because not only does it save you a bunch of money in advertising, it saves you a lot of time too. Um, and it's, it's a lot easier to, to put your time towards taking care of those relationships with people, um, than trying to generate new ones and not, excuse me, not that generating new ones is bad. Cause I mean, that's obviously how your business is going to grow. Um, but taking care of the ones that you have is, is huge. Uh, and, and it honestly opens a lot more doors than just that repeat business too. You never know, um, what opportunities are going to open because of those, those connections. So like in the beginning, Connor, were you like having the like call people to like book these trips? Did like things just start flowing naturally and just progressively get faster? Like how how did that all work out? Um, I think the the biggest thing was was I had already been in the area for a long time. And I say area, it's pretty broad. I would just say the state of Michigan. I mean, I, I was born and raised here and, and this is something that wouldn't really be as possible. Uh, without social media and, and technology the way that we have it today. Uh, because 50 years ago, you know, you couldn't put up a picture and have thousands of people see it um, from not just down the street or in another county or another city, uh, but around the world, really. Um, so, so just trying to kind of start a social media following at a little bit younger age, you know, in the outdoor scene was very, very important. Um, I think social media is a blessing and a curse because it does take up a lot of time. You don't want it to, you know, ruin, ruin your life or take up all your time. But in today's day and age, especially providing services to customers that aren't, you know, in my town, um, it's really critical to have that social media presence. So I would just say the first couple of years, especially were just from uh, a lot of people that had, you know, followed along for a while or, same thing you start a personal connection with these people and next thing you know you know they're like hey you know we we see see you doing waterfowl hunts or see you turkey hunting or whatever um and you seem to be very proficient at it you know can you teach me a few things or you know can we come do it with you or whatever and, and that's kind of how it started and then uh you know within the last couple of years again starting a business that's been a shift of you know my personal brand, if you want to call it that, or, or image to the actual business's brand, um, because that's actually where, you know, I've been trying to uh, put a lot more emphasis on growing that um, rather than my personal brand, because the the actual business brand is what's going to pay the bills. So, and, and I guess you can, you can pay the bills with a, a personal brand. Obviously, I mean, you see that all over the place uh, in today's society in all different ways. Um, some a little bit, uh, heavier on morals than others. <laughs> um, but, uh, that's, that's neither here nor there. Um, but obviously focusing a lot more energy into, to growing the brand has, has been, uh, way more beneficial. Yeah. And you're what Michigan duck man. Is that it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I don't hunt, but I, I watch your videos. I'll be, yo, that looks cool. Uh, I, I have right. no idea what you're doing, but I like, that looks, that looks real cool. And, uh, I mean, your following has grown exponentially. It seems like, since I first met you or at least doubled. Um, I think you're at like over 60,000 people now on Instagram. Yeah. And, and I guess like, it, it's always, 
I try and stay very humble because like a number like that, like people are always like, oh, like you're insta famous or whatever. And like, I just hate, I, I almost hate that word, you know, like it's, mm -hmm. it's not, it's not who I try to be. But like you said, at the end of the day, you do have to reach more people if you want to pay the bills and, and grow, um, you know, your, your um, brand. Um, but I, I don't know, I guess Instagram, social media, like it's just, there's so many people that have followings that are just fake, um, you know, so it's like you don't want to be that. Right. So that's where I get people that will like send me a message uh, in the direct messages on Instagram. And then like their first message to me is like, I'm surprised you responded or something. And it's like it doesn't matter if you have six followers or 60,000, like you still have to treat every single person like the person that they are, you know, it doesn't matter if they have a big question or a small question, their time is still worth something and, and their effort is still worth something. And that's where people don't forget that. And, and that's how, how your reputation and brand, you know, do grow for the better rather than I sent this guy 10 messages and, you know, he's just opened them and didn't respond or hasn't opened them or whatever. Um, you know, that's where, you know, taking care of people is very, very critical. Yeah. And how has Instagram, like posting those videos impacted your business? Um, I mean, trying to think of what a good number for a percentage would be of people that, you know, maybe book through Instagram or, or whatever. I mean, half of our business maybe I would say comes from Instagram and, and the other half is from word of mouth and, and other people that have hunted or fished with me across the country, maybe or met at trade shows or whatever. Um, but I mean, sheesh, that's, that's why people are like, Oh, like, I can't believe you post to Instagram as much as you do or whatever. And it's like, well, it ultimately does pay my bills, you know? So it's like, I, I, I kind of have to, um, you know, if, if I could come up with another stream of, of, um, advertising that was as simple and the cost effective as Instagram, you know, I would probably use Instagram less and use that more. But in today's day and age, it's a very, very effective way to reach people. And even, you know, if you do want to start investing money into to advertising or the sponsored ads or whatever they call them, you know, you can actually really refine your target audience down to exactly who you want it to reach. And that's where, you know, unless you're paying somebody big, big money on, you know, Google for the, the SEOs, which that's a whole nother rabbit hole, um, you know, they might miss their mark substantially. Like I've obviously had a, a website for a while and it's, you know, pretty easy to find on Google. But a lot of people that call me, you know, they're like, well, are you a bait shop? Or like, we want to buy minnows or we want to buy life jackets or, you know, it's like, it's almost like Google has us labeled wrong, you know? <laughs> so I, again, that's something that over time is going to continue to get better because the, the SEO stuff just takes a long time um, or a few years of being good about it anyway, that to get um, better rankings or whatnot. Um, but for, like I said, for what it costs and, and how simple it is, you know, you're almost a fool not to take advantage of Instagram, you know? Yeah. I mean, I haven't had this sort of success that you have, but I mean, I just consistently post. And if you are authentic and you're putting out a good message, hopefully over time, uh, you will be able to find the right people. And it seems that's like right. your business has uh, skyrocketed. I mean, that's how we even ended up here on this podcast. I don't know how you found me, but I think you founded me and you asked me like a few, like, um, investment questions and then ultimately mm -hmm. like i was just like you know your business is gonna be your best investment and then i think after i told you that you did you went ahead and like reinvested back into your business yep 
Yeah, because obviously, um, again, in startup years, and I and I don't know, I, I guess I can't speak for being decades down the road, obviously, since I haven't been there. Um, but, you know, in the first startup years of business, I mean, you have to be very smart with where you put your money. Uh, you can't you can't just go blowing it left and right and, and throwing it in all different uh, avenues. You have to be very, very uh, strategic, I guess is probably a good word to, to use um, with with where you're putting things. And, and that's where obviously the investing game. Uh, I mean, it's not a short term haul. Um, so the sooner you can get get started in it, the the better your um, return is going to be, hopefully. Obviously, I mean, I think you'd probably agree to that. I mean, there's some that you can probably flip quicker than others, but, um, you know, that's that's the, the fun of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like any skill. Uh, it takes time. You know, you can learn any skill in a few hours, but I mean, it takes a lifetime to master it. And that I mean, that's what you're constantly doing. You're crafting your skill getting constantly better and you're getting rewarded by having return customers, by growing your following, by giving people the experience that only Connor can give them and they can't get it anywhere else. So I feel like that's what has really separated you from other people. And I'm glad to have you on the unconventional money moves podcast. I felt like that was a, uh, that was a good uh, nugget to give people and to leave off. Um, but other than that, I mean, Michigan Duckman on Instagram is, and then, I mean, your company's what, like Great Lake Outdoors? Is yep, that right? Great Lakes Guided Outdoors. Yep. Okay. I was close. I was going off the top of the dome. That's right. Style, and I couldn't remember everything, but uh, I'm glad to have you on. Thanks for sharing the insight, Connor, and how you turned a, a passion into a successful business. And if you want to go, what is it? Waterfowl hunting or Yep. I don't I don't know all the terms, but uh Connor's definitely your man. Cool. Well, uh, like I said, Josh, already I, I do appreciate your time. And uh if nothing else, hopefully somebody could pick up on one or two things anyway, uh, through all that. And obviously, like we already discussed, I mean, we both are very, very uh reachable people. So if you have questions about anything, uh, you know, we we both could be very good resources. Or if if I don't know the answer, I'm sure somebody I know does. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Well, glad to have you on. Thanks to everyone for listening. We'll see y'all next time. Bye guys.